welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we have uh we're we're, we're continuing our discussion on the most wonderful musical I personally believe. <laughs> um, I feel like we've been doing Sweeney Todd forever. <laughs> That's because we have been sitting on it for so long, thanks to personal health issues and. Now we're finally on track. But it's okay. We had a fun uh, random episode that I threw together, so hopefully everybody enjoyed it. It also gave me a second to take some time off for my birthday, so that was kind of nice, too. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Alright, well, we're continuing with Sweeney Todd. Uh... The mm-hmm. first episode, we ended up doing just the history of Sweeney Todd, the lore that it's based on, if there really is a Sweeney Todd, and um, kind of how it became a big Tim Burton film when it mm-hmm. started as a possibly article that got turned Yeah, it was kind of like a... Ballads that got that... turned into stories, that got turned into a play, that got turned into a stage musical, which got turned into a movie. There we go. Recap done. Oh, right there. That's all that was needed. So, kittens. Here kittens. we are. The movie Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, released 2007 and directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. I did my best I, Tim Burton look today with the dark eyes. All of his characters always have the dark eyes and the pale face. It looks wonderful. I tried to do my best in the uh, short amount of time that I had, but my black makeup decided it was going to take over everything, so that didn't work out. Also found out I don't have a non-sparkly red, like good deep red or maroon, so that made it a lot harder too. I went with purple. Um, so I just look like I got punched in the eye and I'm very tired. So, you know, that's it's that's fair. I sh- we should have done this when I had a black eye. It would have been perfect. Next time. <laughs> that my dog gave me a black eye just so everybody knows and doesn't think that I'm being abused by any means. She punched herself Anyways. in the eye for her art. That's what it what that's what it is. Exactly. That's a prime. There's like a shadow. Uh, it kind of looks like I have a mustache. It's quite beautiful. Really cute. Maybe I should grow it out. Uh, <laughs> good, good luck with that. I, I wish you all the best in growing <laughs> that mustache. So, Tim Burton, uh, he started his career working as an animator for Disney, uh, which obviously, as you can imagine, didn't really suit his aesthetic for uh, for what he likes to do. Um, and it is said that he was fired after creating Frankenweenie, which was deemed too dark for the Disney audience. Which, you know, it's a pretty fucking sad movie. We should do the short, like the Disney short, or the one that he created on our next horror okay. shorts. That would be fun. Um, I'm sure Disney looks but back that and al- is like, damn, we should have kept that uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it did make him available to work on Pee Wee Herman's big uh, adventure film, which is awesome. And um, rest in peace, Paul Rubens. Uh, this was followed by Beetlejuice, Batman, and Batman Returns, which those are my Batmans. Michael Keaton, 
will forever be my Batman. Nobody can change my opinion on this. It is set. So he's That's my, ba- the, the, my bat. He's the Batman for when uh, superhero movies were like cheesy and like comical, mm-hmm. right? Like it's dark. Yes. Those versions are still dark, but they're like super cheesy and amped up. Now superhero mm-hmm. movies have transitioned to like being very serious and lifelike. Um, right. It's not set in the comic world anymore. It's like real world. So there's the transition. But um, if you don't know, these are the Batmans that have Michael Keaton as Batman, as Katie said. Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. is the do- Joker. Danny DeVito is the Penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Um, he's also listed as a producer for the Batman Forever film with Val Kilmer as Batman. That had Tommy Lee Jones with Two Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and Nicole Kidman. So, fun fact: that is a that's a movie that made Tommy Lee Jones say he will never work with Jim Carrey again because he's too crazy and he doesn't really like Jim Carrey. He doesn't respond to the way that Jim Carrey methods himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's he- also done. From what well, I understand, Jim Carrey is kind of an interesting person to begin with. So I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, other things he's done are like Edward Scissorhands, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, the 2001 Planet of the Apes, which is also my favorite Planet of the, of the Apes, even though I know it's not great. Uh, he did Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the remake, uh, Corpse Bride, Dark Shadows, uh, Alice in Wonderland, the live action, uh, and Through the Looking. I don't actually. I don't know if he did Through the Looking Glass. Um, but his most recent work is Wednesday, the TV series on Netflix, which, uh, is getting a second season and it's really fucking good. <laughs> um, to be clear, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's not named the same as the other ones. So you don't really need to say that. Oh, I guess, I guess that's fair. That's, that's fair. You're right. Cause that one's Willy Wonka. Okay. That, you know, whatever. Just clarifying, you know? No, it's fair. It's good. I like it. The also had Johnny Depp in it. So. There you go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also the creator and producer of The Nightmare Before Christmas and a producer for James and the Giant Peach, uh, which makes total sense after thinking about the way the ants look. Um, that movie is so... It's, that movie is one of my all-time favorites in the entire world. It I used to I think it's, creep I, me out so bad as a kid. Like, in a good I, way. I mean, I mean, like, exactly. We're weirdos. Look at us. <laughs> Of course we were like that in the, in, when we were children. Um, of course he probably had to be a part of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and Big Eyes, which is a really interesting movie. It's kind of a... Big Eyes? I don't think I've seen that. Um, it's uh, based on a true story about a woman who is a painter, and she paints characters with these huge eyes, like in his claymations, you know? Um, but her husband convinces her that a woman will never get the respect that an artist deserves and to let him sell the art saying he's the artist. And so he does it and it gets really big. And then when she tries to like say, oh, they're mine, he he takes all the credit, gets all the money and blows up on her face. But it's a good movie. Um, that's good to know. I didn't know that movie existed. Uh his works normally feature like otherness, small society, um, subdued coloring. So it's it, there's not like super. Well, there are certain super bright colors, but uh, more morbid storylines and of course unique artistry. I love 
love. And also we're getting a second Beetlejuice. Meant to mention that when uh, I said he did Beetlejuice. We're getting a second one with Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder. And uh, Jenna Ortega from Wednesday. So he likes to... I know we'll get into this, but he loves reusing actors and working with very specific actors multiple different ways. Well deserved, I think. All the ones he chooses. Yes. You know? They're just perfect. Um, but basically his movies and stuff are... He's kind of like a dark Dr. Seuss. Like he... Mm-hmm. He has a very specific uh, aesthetic and things are always weird, like wild and different and super cool. There's a there's a really cool book out there somewhere. I think I can order it on Amazon. I don't really know. But um, it's it's a it's like a whole book of his works, like his art and stuff like that. And then there's also like an in-depth behind the scene book about Sweeney Todd, which I really, really want because it has the original um, drawings that he did for uh, Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett. Yeah, he, he he's like a different kind of director, I think, because he is very hands on in the whole process. Because it's not just like, I'm there to make sure that this movie comes out the way the writers want and the producers want. He's like, this is the art. This is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen. Um, So it's pretty neat, I think. Yeah. And Uh, again, like I was saying, he reuses a lot of his casts or a lot of the actors in in different films, which we've talked about before and we love seeing. So... Uh, obviously, if you've seen his movies, you know it's Johnny Depp. He reuses Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman, rest in peace, you beautiful man, um, and others. Uh, Winona Ryder is frequently used in certain stuff. Um, Jenna Ortega seems to be joining that club recently. So, uh, But I love all those actors. I have Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett tattooed on my feet. Uh, full portraits. One of the most painful fucking tattoos of my life. You can see them if you join our Patreon and watch the video versions of this. She showed us in the first episode. I I took off my shoes. That was hilarious. That was really hard. I was on a spinny chair and everything. It's hilarious. You should go check it out on the Patreon. Uh, There's a YouTuber named Broey Deschanel who has an episode called The Decline of Tim Burton. And I was curious, so I skimmed through it, to be honest. Um, I don't agree with everything she says, but I do think it's worth watching if you just want, like, an opinion of Tim Burton. Um, and if you agree or not, we'd love to know. But uh, she talks about, like, a lot of his good works, but I think I think her, like, main argument is just, like, the newer stuff isn't the same as the original stuff. She does make a comment that oh, there's yeah. not a there's a lack of people of color in his works, but that's not specific to him. That's just an industry thing. Um, but I also don't know a whole lot of his works, I guess. But I could see that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, watch it for just a different kind of viewpoint on Tim Burton and go from there. Uh, there is also, we are going to do a horror short review thing with this and it's called stock of the celery monster um there's one called island of dr agor and king of octopus there's also one called vincent these were the first works that tim burton did they are shorts from the 1970s um there's also a tim burton exhibition featuring his art like throughout his career so it'll have all those drawings that you were talking about that's in that book it has 
all their art, all of his art and his concept yeah. ideas and things like that. Um, his art is so unique and wonderful. Yeah, if you look it up, it literally looks like a dark Dr. Seuss. Like you are walking into <laughs> the opposite Dr. Seuss's head. Um, oh, yeah. It's in Europe currently. There's two different ones happening, and I really want to go to one, so I'm going to try and find one. Yeah, but if it goes to the so states, that you're over there, <laughs> you should go to it. It looks really neat. Yeah. Oh, if, if it if it comes to the states, it's gonna be fucking expensive. But I'm gonna do my best to go. Uh, so this was written by John Logan, Hugh Wheeler, and of course Christopher Bond. Uh, they they wrote this. Oh, I guess that was your line. Do you, you want to say? It's fine. You, I was drinking. It's fine. Go for it. Okay. Uh, so John Logan wrote the uh, screenplay adapta- adaptation and was a writer for Gladiator, which that's my I, favorite movie of all time. I yeah, it is. It's and we used to watch it a lot. And honestly, I love Gladiator specifically for one reason, and it's Tommy Flanagan. I'm in love with that man. I don't care how old he is. Him and his Chelsea grin, fine as hell. Plus, give me that accent all day. He, he he's Sorry. the evil guy, right? No, he's the one that helps him. Uh, he's uh, uh, oh, I was so thinking Tommy of, Flan- I was thinking of the one guy. Yeah, okay, the Joker guy. I, oh, oh, oh you're about. thinking of uh, yeah, of I cannot for the Phoenix, life of me think of his not, name, but I could literally not River Phoenix. This is brother Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, there you go. You know, Joaquin. It. Thank you. Thank. Yeah. I, I I wanted to say Juan, and I know that was wrong. I know. I knew his name was different, so I was like, oh, I can't think of it. Um, yeah, Tommy Flanagan plays, uh, I think it's, uh, Cerso? Cicero. Cicero. Plays Cicero. There we go. He plays Cicero. Anyways. Love Tommy Flanagan. Oh, okay. He's also in... I know who we're talking about. Uh, yeah, his Chelsea Green is actually real. He got jumped when he was younger. Anyways, we're not talking about Tommy Flanagan. We're talking about fucking, uh... Well, that was about John Logan. Uh, Hugh Wheeler also wrote the script for the TV movie in 2001 called Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street in concert, which had Neil uh, Patrick Harris as uh, Tobias Rag, or as he's called, just Toby, and Patty Lapone as his lovette. It's... Uh, it's... So... Sorry. <laughs> it was... Uh... I'm knocking things over. I'm using my laptop for the first time, and so it's all shaky because I keep hitting things, so I apologize. Um, but this Sweeney Todd, so it starts with a young boy named An- uh, Anthony, or Anthony, <laughs> uh, and Sweeney Todd. They are exiting a ship to London in 1846. Uh, and while Ant- uh, Anthony, I'm going to say it like they do in the movie, while Anthony is the first time visitor of of London, Sweeney Todd has definitely been there before. There's a beautiful song about it. Uh, yeah, so this is there's... a musical. Um, and surprise if you didn't know already. <laughs> this is a musical. Yeah. So the first song. And honestly, I could sing. I could sing you every fucking song. I enjoy them, but I probably couldn't sing them. But um, so I think I was yelling. I'm sorry. Uh, the first song kicks in like immediately and it's called no place like london oh you're gonna get a whole lot of awful london accents just be prepared if you hate it yeah skip to the end (laughs) but it's happening um there's no place like london yeah there you go she'll sing i'll talk about it how about that 
Uh, I can't sing worth shit, but I can definitely tell you I do know every word to these songs. But the good thing about, like, Sweeney Todd's parts, it's less singing, and it's like a talk sing. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. It's kind of like Billie Eilish, but mannish. I wish I had all of my, like, notebooks from high school and middle school. Uh, Definitely middle school when this first came out for me, because everything was Sweeney Todd literally I was constantly drawing like straight razors I had Sweeney Todd spelled in different way or like written in different ways like it was this is Katie Sweeney Todd (laughs) it was fucking bad the obsession I went home and watched every single day multiple times like I would just start it and rewatch it like I I have an obsession with this movie I'm very aware of it and I don't give a fuck is acknowledging Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I have accepted it, and I I don't give a fuck. I love it, this movie. There are unhealthier <sighs> obsessions you could have. Exactly, exactly. I'm getting warm, so, like, my rosy cheeks are coming through the pale makeup. It's, it's being perfect, though. It's perfect. But, um, so this song is all about, like, the dichotomy of the two guys when they first get there. So Antony is all romance and hope and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and sunshine. And Sweeney Todd is dark, like vengeful, depressing, fucking hates it. <laughs> so the, do you, do you want to hear the beginning of the song? Cause I am, um, I'm very aware of it. Uh, so as soon as he um, basically gets off the ship or not gets off the ship, but uh, as he's going, it starts off with, there's a hole in the world like a great black pit that is filled with vermin. Of the- oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, and the vermin of the world inhabit it, and the morals aren't wor- worth what the pig could spit. And it goes by the name of London at the top of the full, oh, at the top of the hole with a privileged few making mock of the vermin and lowers. Now I'm forgetting the words because I'm trying to do this all appropriately. And now I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm not actually, I'm really not. Um. I could give less of a fuck of what people think of my singing because I know I'm bad. I think it sounds so beautiful. I'm going to keep that. Thanks. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to make it my ringtone. Fuck yeah. While she's looking it up. Um, At the top of the hole sits a privileged few making mock of the vermin and lower zoo turning beauty into filth and greed. I too have sailed the seas and... Oh wait. Sailed the world and see the wonders... I gotta get in the tune for a moment, so... That's the Tim... The Tim Burton. The Sweeney Todd side, right? Where he's like, this is a hole. This is a shithole. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the, the... There's a hole in the world like a great black pit. That part is, like... Talking sung kind of thing. And then, um... The part where he's like, I too have sailed the world and seen its wonders for the cruelty of men is as wondrous as Peru, but there's no place like London. Sorry, I know it's a uh, pitchy. I don't give a really, you know, that's what you get. Uh, excuse me. So, <laughs> yeah. So he's pissed because he's like, this place is a shithole. It's basically the bottom of the devil's porta potty right and then Antony is like but look at all the sunshine and it's so pretty and i'm so excited to be here except for there was absolutely no sunshine when they pulled in at all and then sweeney todd conveniently provides this whole backstory and the scene for the film so 
Yes. Um, so that song, uh, I want to say, is part of the uh, Poor Things song, um, which Helena Bonham Carter ends up singing later. Anyways, so, yes, he describes his, uh, in this song that he sings after Antony asks if he's okay, he's uh, like, he describes his... do you need help? He's <laughs> like, is everything all right? Uh, so... Uh, the next song comes and it, it describes a he, this barber, the story of this barber and his beautiful wife who had caught the eye of this local judge who obviously had a lot of power. His name is Judge Chirpin. We'll get to that. Um, but being a person of privilege, he used his standing in the community to basically get the barber, make him disappear so that he could get at homeboy's wife um, and, and their baby girl. Yeah. Uh and it's a lot like the beginning of Zorro. I'm sorry, I'm kind of sick. <clears throat> so, uh, I don't know if you've seen Zorro with... Uh, I love Zorro. We used to... Ethan that was Hawk a camping movie. And, yeah, a camping movie. Thank you. Every time I think of Zorro, I think of camping. Anyway. I do too. Every Antonio time. Antonio Banderas. be still my heart. Yeah. He can sing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so in Zorro, the governor tries to kill Zorro in order to like get his wife and his child essentially that's not the only reason he does it but it's like a plus to it um and then at the end of the tale antony is just like cool story like moving on he's like okay well and and i mean sweetie so so todd tells him where he can find him if he ever finds his way over to fleet street you might find me if you like on fleet street i wouldn't wonder and todd like makes this offhand comment about like thanks for saving me um so was Todd just like floating in the ocean. Is that the idea? Either that, or he was just wandering, and and Antony was finally, and maybe they had sailed before, and Antony was like, "I'm going to London. You want to fucking come with me?" And he's like, Whoa. "Yeah." They don't really provide sure. that kind of story. Um, we do know where he comes from later, but like we don't know how he got from A to B. So right. Um. So as they part, uh. Sweeney, you watch a, a fast version of Sweeney Todd walking through uh, Fleet Street and Antony just wandering wandering the random streets. Yeah, he's got nowhere to go. He's just like, I'm just so happy no. to be here. He's like a dog. He's, like, he's just carrying a bag. He's like, fuck tail yeah. wagon. He's like, okay. He's just dug from up. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. He really is. He's like, point, pretty girl. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Sweeney Todd, I'm taking over this, sorry. Sweeney Todd is played by Johnny Depp most be one of the most beautiful men in the world i love him dearly nothing will ever stop my love of that man um obviously he really doesn't need an introduction everybody knows what he is but uh antony is is played by jamie campbell bauer uh this was kind of his really big first breakout role um then he ended up in the twilight saga he was also in harry potter and the deathly hallows part one uh he was the young grindelwald who jumps out the window uh he was in Mortal Instruments, City of Bones movie, which I haven't seen. I haven't even read those. I, but most so recently... I read the books. I saw that movie. I actually liked mm -hmm. the movie. People didn't like it. It's, like, different. They obviously changed a lot, and they probably could have done better. I actually liked it. I enjoyed the cast. And then they turned it into a TV mm -hmm. show. I didn't like the cast as much, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's fair. Uh, most recently, and probably actually his biggest role now, and what everybody knows him for, is uh, being number one or Vecna in Stranger Things, uh, which 
he does fucking phenomenal in and yes i'm totally actually i shouldn't have changed god damn it i shouldn't have changed because i was i was wearing my fucking hellfire sweatshirt earlier um i also have a hellfire wallet i love this last season of stranger things uh definitely brought it back he also i didn't appreciate as much the season before that i was kind of like okay let's wrap it up but then they brought it back so i'll take it um, I'm, I'm, the next season is the final season. I'm heartbroken and excited all at the same time. Uh, but he's also set to be in a film labeled, or I guess, okay, so he's he's going to be in a film that is labeled as being in post-production called Haunting in Wicker Park, which is a story of the very first ex- or televised exorcism on NBC in 1971. And uh, it ended up in, like, just angering the uh, entity and making the haunting even worse for the family. So, I'm so excited. Yes. It looks really good. It's like the the second Conjuring idea, you know? London, mm-hmm. first kind of exorcism that make a big deal. I'm very excited. I hope it's good. We should watch the trailer. Oh, I'm totally down for that. Uh, so, the next thing you see is Sweeney Todd. Uh, in on Fleet Street, walking into uh, a meat pie, uh, meat pie shop, and Helena Bonham Carter. This is this is where my beautiful, my love. Nobody could ever change my love for this woman either. Even my coworker, who absolutely hates her work, I don't give a shit. He and I fight about this all the time, but I am in love with this woman, Helena Bonham Carter, also known as Mrs. Le- uh, she plays Mrs. Lovett in this movie. She is also very well known for being uh, Bellatrix Lestrange in Harry Potter. Um, I'd like to say she is such an interesting person because she plays like these really, typically she plays like these dark, really mm-hmm. complex characters, but in real life, she's kind of like a hug. <laughs> I don't know. She's, oh nice. yeah. No, she's one of the most gentle women. Although I did, uh, I did watch a thing where she talks about how if, uh, her friend, like her kids, friends and stuff come over and they're not being very good. She'll pull out her wand. <laughs> And, like, pretend to threaten them and stuff. Um, she plays she, she plays very diverse characters as well, because she's in the King's Speech as a very put-together... I think she's, like, the queen or something. I don't remember exactly. I didn't, I didn't watch it. But she's also, like, incredibly psychotic in Fight Club. She, um, and, like, she also druggy. just did a role as Elizabeth Taylor, I think. Yeah, something like, um, yeah, something like that. One of those women that we should probably know but don't. Um... But yeah, she she said specifically she chooses to play really like complex characters that have lots of mm-hmm. layers and things that she can do stuff with, and she does it very well. So she does. She's fucking amazing. Uh, but basically, back to the movie. This is when you get to hear her sing um, because they throw in a song for some more like background building called "The Worst Pies in London," which tells you everything you need yeah. to know. So I'm going to tell you a story about this song really fast. Uh, There used to be, when I worked at the haunted house, there used to be a room that was like the entry to a motel. It was kind of like Bates Motel and you would enter into a crazy, it was Bates Motel. I take it back. So I was playing the receptionist um, and to get into my character and into like a crazy mode, (laughs) this is going to sound so dumb, I would walk around the uh my room and like pace and like be antsy and sing this song word for word i do know every word to this song and so they're like what the fuck is wrong with you but get prepared for some more singing 
basically the song is her telling this random new customer that walks into her store like sorry the place is empty i haven't had customers in weeks i have the worst spies in london here you go have one like what a business model yeah (laughs) wait it's rest what you hurry you gave me such a fright i thought you was a ghost half a minute can't you sit seat you down sit all i meant is that i haven't seen a customer for weeks did you come here for a pie sir don't forgive me if my hand's a little vague what is that? Oh, you think we have the plague? She hits it. She fucking smashes a cockroach. And we can <laughs> only do 10 seconds of songs before they can sue us. So That's we get fair. 10 seconds so, of Katie singing each time. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just kidding. We're not going to make any money. Like, I, would, this. It's fine. I would walk around singing that consistently every single time I was put in that room and my fucking security guards loved it. They thought it was hilarious. But that's... It put me in such a crazy mode. It was perfect. Um, and and more proof that I watched this movie way too much than I should. I don't think that's possible. It's paying off. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Basically, after the part Katie just talked about, she blames the price of meat mm-hmm. for her bad pro- for her bad pies. And mm-hmm. says she has turned to using dying animals so she f- that she finds in the streets. Which I feel like there were a lot of people probably eating dead animals at that time. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. a thriving time in London. Uh, but then she goes on to say that she's noticed the people living around her competitor shop, Mrs. Mooney, are missing their cats. So yeah, so it's Mrs. Mooney has a pie shop. Business never uh, uh, does her business never knows something weird. Lately, all her cats. Uh, lately, all her neighbors' cats have disappeared. <laughs> it's the. Um, She's popping pussies in the pies. You know, like the rap yeah. song. Popping pussy. Yeah. Popping pop, pussy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. That's <laughs> uh, in my best Another part is. My best friend's girlfriend, I think is what that uh-huh. movie's called, with Dane Cook. And. Yeah. Yeah, she just plays it really loud. It's great. That's what I picture every time I hear uh, but apparently the pussy cats go quick if they don't last long, so that's unfortunate. I'm surprised there's enough um, meat to make pies. Cats I know. Are particularly meaty. Um. So, <laughs> after that, uh, she takes Mr. Todd uh, into the old barber shop after he asks why she doesn't rent it out, which is then why you get another backstory to what is ha- like what has happened um about this barber again and 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 what happened to his wife while he was gone which you find out is sad um uh anyways so uh mr todd he actually interrupts uh one of like one of her parts of like trying to start a song and he asks uh um well i mean it goes into another song but this is when he asks what happened to the woman that lived here uh there was a there's still like a cradle uh, like a baby cradle sitting up in the room that he goes into and stuff and this song's called poor thing like i was saying earlier and it tells she tells of the judge turpin who had the local barber benjamin barker fals- falsely accused and charged with crimes which obviously sent him to well which uh, exiled him to australia so that he could Uh, So that the judge could woo his wife, Lucy Barker. Spoiler alert, Benjamin Barker is obviously Sweeney Todd, if you haven't caught on to that. And um, in case you didn't know, Australia was originally like a criminal colony where 
people from London or England or wherever would send their prisoners there. Um, and so he theoretically escaped off the island of Australia somehow and got picked up by whatever boat Antony was on. And that's how he <laughs> made it back. Judge Turpin is played by the one and only, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Love that man. Uh, my dream was to always get him to do a of Harry Potter. <laughs> I wanted to hear him read Harry Potter all the way through, but I know, would rather hear happen. him say um, the oath from Galaxy Quest. Well, okay, well that you know that at least That's, you have that. We're two different people, <laughs> but you have that. I don't. I yeah. Might might never happen. Anyways. So, you see Judge Turpin, he sends flowers to Lucy every day um, and stands outside her window, window, but oddly enough, she doesn't, like, immediately fall in love with him. Not so oddly weird. enough. That's, um, he, he, he's weird. It, it, it's creepy. But he ends up sending his right-hand man, Beetle, uh, Beetle Bamford, who is played by Timothy Spall, uh, a.k.a. Wormtail from Harry Potter, <laughs> Peter Pettigrew, um, or, or Scabbers, I mean... Oh, any yeah, of the way so he, many. yeah um so he tricks her into coming in uh, coming to the judge's house um and uh instead of being remorseful he end up ends up sexually assaulting her in the middle of a, a huge masquerade party that he's hosting and everybody's just standing around laughing about it which is super fucked up uh and then afterwards, Lucy ends up poisoning herself with arsenic, and the judge adopts her daughter. Um, Joanna takes him at, or takes her as his ward, and uh, she has remained, or she, yeah, she, he, she's remained in his custody for the fifteen years so far that have passed. So I've always wondered if that's actually what happened, like the masquerade thing, or if mm -hmm. um, she just said that to make it sound just to like say awful things um and if he like got custody of joanna via other route he's the judge mm -hmm. you know he'd just be like you're incompetent i get your kid um so who knows um my favorite was is in the song uh he uh Sweeney Todd ends up asking what was his crime? Like, why did the barber get uh, get banished? And she says, foolishness. He had this wife, you see. Pretty little thing. Silly little knit had a chance for the moon on a string. Um, later on, uh, the, the part where she talks about uh, Lucy at the judge's house... Um, he, she's tricked by the the beetle tell or supposedly the beetle saying uh, he blames himself for her dreadful plight, so she must come straight to his house tonight. Um, she wasn't no match for such craft, you see, and everyone thought it so droll. They figured she had to be daft, you see, for all of them stood there and laughed, you see, poor soul, poor thing. So yeah, um, that's just that part of the song. Anyways, but during that song, you also, in, you also get a hint that uh, Miss Lovett was in love with Benjamin Barker. So yeah, she knows a lot, a lot about him. There's that whole thing. Uh, That's why I'm like, I don't know if she's telling the truth or not. So ulterior motives, you see. 
So anyway, I'm trying to find my charging plug. Miss Miss Lovett ends up renting him the room, um, and he goes into the floorboards. Pulls well, out his so he doesn't pull it out. She does. Remember, she does. She pulls out his uh, his knives because she held on to him, hoping he would come back. What did he have in the floor? That was hers. She had hid them in the floor. Oh, because I remembered him bending down and picking them up. Well, he bent down and picked them up, but that's because... So she pulls them out of the floor. She opens it up and just opens the case. He bends down and grabs the knife. Or the straight razor. See, she loved him. She was like, <clears throat> this dude <laughs> putting the knives in. Was she married? Did they ever say that? Was she married before? She, yeah, she was. She was. She she had a husband. She mentions him. She mentions mentions him when Toby's, um, Toby's eating, uh, while. Um, Do we know what happened to him? He died. He gorged himself to bloatation. So she killed him. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. I'm that's that's what we him. got at. I'm I. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah. So she hung on to those. Could have sold him, but I didn't. Is what she says. But. Basically, it triggers another song during which he called my friend Todd, is professing his love to the knives. Um, and she's being like, hey, I'm your friend. And he's like, my only friends are knives because she yeah. does not take the hint. At one point, she's like, I'm your friend, too. And he totally just ignores her. <laughs> but basically, this song, that's part of the reason I love the songs in this movie is because they are both singing the same thing, but they mean two totally different things. And it happens in various points yes. throughout the film. Um, because they're all just so into their own purpose. It's mm. so well done. I love it. But yeah, so as she said, the song is called uh, My Friends. And it consists of Todd mm. describing his revenge plot that he has planned on Judge Turpin. Um, and Mrs. Lovett's like, I'm so glad you're back. Let's be friends. Here to support you. <laughs> friends supporting friends. Um, and he's just fondly fiddling with his knives. And he's like, you're so warm in my hands. And Mrs. Lovett's like, you'll grow Rome in my hand. Dirty. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, Antony is wandering into this posh part of town where he spies a beautiful, gorgeous young lady, uh, who is sitting at her windowsill i think she's knitting or something like no she's uh stitching she's hand stitching yeah that yeah one and upon looking and upon the first sight he falls absolutely in love with her and uh he decides that he's gonna try and woo this woman and marry her and rescue her um he's like point Something shiny. It's her hair. I'm in mm -hmm. love. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, so this movie, like, isn't great for feminism. Just putting that out there. No. So there's, of course, this helpless woman, which is this young lady that Antony has decided he will fall in love with and marry and bear children together. Um, mm -hmm. But there's these women throughout the story that rely, help like, entirely on the males in their lives. So... This young woman, Lucy, fell apart without Sweeney Todd. Um, and they're just, like, waiting to be rescued by people. And then additionally, there's, like, this pure and good woman part of the story where, <clears throat> sorry, these pure good women um, are only described in 
ways of their beauty, right? Like mm-hmm. Lucy was pretty, but she was stupid. Um, the only reason anyone cares about Joanna is because she's pretty. Uh, and then there's Miss Lovett, right, who is considered a villain, but she's a fully independent woman. She she is isn't described as being beautiful. She's like the complete opposite of Joanna and Lucy. Uh, what they were described as being beautiful, blonde mm-hmm. hair, shiny, you know, all the, all those things. Um, yeah. So like, <clears throat> she's, she's the villain cause she's a woman who works hard and stuff like that. Obviously there's more to her, but just to show those dichotomies. Um, and then this scene is kind of like Romeo and Juliet a little bit. Um, kind of. And it gives like a Shakespeare vibe cause he's like, Romeo under the balcony, like, what I wouldn't give to be a glove upon that hand. Um, and she's just, like, doing her own thing. Like, someone save me. <laughs> she sing- she's singing a song called Green Finch and Linnet Bird. So, this uh, house turns out to be the house of Judge Turpin. And that pretty girl is Joanna, the daughter of, to- of Sweeney Todd, as we were discussing earlier. And obviously Judge Chirpin, he's a huge creep. He ends up, he has like a hole in the wall behind a painting so he can spy on her in her bedroom. And she's fucking 15. gross. 15. Um, and, well, just imagine how long he's been doing that because he's, know. she's been in for that long. Um, but basically it turns out that he's just been waiting for her to become of age so he can, uh, so that she'll profess her love for him and they can marry, uh, even though he she she does not want that, obviously. He's like, uh, I can't believe she doesn't love me. Like, who wouldn't love this? No. <laughs> I'm a judge. Yeah. I saved her. But then there's another song, like Katie said. Um, it's called Greenfinch and Lynette Bird, and it's sung by Joanna, who longs to run away from the house she's been held captive in her whole life creeped on she probably doesn't even know um and it's a lot like nicole kidman in moulin rouge where she's like i want to be a birdie and fly away Mm -hmm. and people won't let me because i'm just pretty someday fly away sorry nailed it when i get triggered with songs i can't not sing at least a second of it i just i'm sorry i love this tiktoks or whatever where it's like millennials every time someone says something <laughs> and they say something and then they like immediately start singing the song i can relate There's, i can't help it i can't fucking help it um so the green finch and a lynette bird historically have been prized as caged birds because of their specific like sing song tweeting style and her voice in these songs is so high and like very trilly <laughs> so that's why uh, name and in, in the beginning of the song it even says uh how is it she asks how is it you sing the judge invites antony in after he spot he sees that antony's been looking at his girl uh in a go- grossest way possible <laughs> and um he has beetle bamford his right hand man rough uh rough antony up uh, for doing his little gaze upon his beautiful joanna sings another song about how he's gonna or uh um, Anthony sings a song about how he's going to steal Joanna away, which is also super creepy. <laughs> he's never met her, never talked to her, never, like, yeah. none of that, but he's like, I'll steal you, Joanna. As far as he knows, it's... she's just some young girl who's, like, sitting in a door. She could be perfectly happy in that house. She could be wed to some prince yeah. or a king, and he's just like, listen, 
I am homeless. I don't know anything about London. And I usually sail on a ship. But yeah, I'm going to get you. An another lyric, which is super weird, is... Uh, Even now I'm at your window. I'm in the dark beside you. There eats sweetly in your yellow hair. I feel you. It's fucking weird. It's like that song where it's like, I can see you through the window while I'm standing on a tree outside. You know that song? I don't know that song. That, that's incredibly creepy. It reminds me of Little Nicky when <laughs> the very beginning of the movie. Either way, it's red flags everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joanna is played by Jane Weisner, who was recently in a short called Meow or Never. And yeah. the description says, in a madcap musical, a cat-stronaut travels the galaxy looking for the meaning of life when she encounters a space pup eager to help, but only gets them into trouble at every turn. We're going to watch that short. It's on YouTube. So That sounds hilarious. Join the Patreon <laughs> to see it. Yeah. Or just Google it. Uh, so... Um, meanwhile, uh, Mrs. Lovett has decided, has come up with a way to help Todd get some of his business back. So they go to this little space where this Italian barber named, uh, Aldolfo Pirelli is making a big show and, and, and selling the, the closet shaves. Uh, he's selling, uh, like tooth pulling services, um, snake oil, which he says would help men's hair grow. Uh, <laughs> and this and this huge song erupts, which is a great fucking song, and I love it dearly. Um, and Sweeney Todd smells like smells the uh, the elixir, <laughs> and he's like, "Smells like piss. What is this? <laughs> Looks like piss. Wouldn't touch it if I were you, dear. This is piss. Piss with ink. Sorry. So obviously, you find out that the elixir is fake, uh, mixed with piss and ink. Sweeney Todd makes sure that the whole audience uh, is very aware of this." And challenges uh, Signor Pirelli to a contest, and whoever does the fastest, closest shave, uh, wins. I really like the character of Pirelli. They make him so ridiculous. I do too. I think it's great. So, in the play or the original story or whatever, um, it's actually a contest for not only the closest shave, but also the best tooth pull. Because if we remember back from our last episode, Barbers were also surgeons, so they would mm -hmm. often do dental work or minor surgeries. And so, in, yeah, in the play... Which is... Yeah. In the play and stuff, they, they pull a tooth out. Um, but yeah, so then there's that. Glad they didn't do that in the movie. People would have been very confused. Yeah. We don't know what... We, yeah. Like, why is he pulling his tooth? That seems extra. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of like, insider deep yeah. dive knowledge. Yeah, it would be weird. Um, but yeah, so that we have two songs in play here. Um, there's Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, sung by his assistant, abused orphan boy, Tobias Rags. And that's followed by the contest, which is Pirelli bragging during the shaving contest about how wonderful sure he is. Sure is. Right, um, sing in Pirelli's accent. Go. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Now, signorina, signore, we we miss her. Wait, 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 hang on. Now, signorina, we gather first to gather around, signorina, signore. You look at the man who had heard it, who had hurt. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his lyrics as I'm trying to like sing in his tone. <laughs> I think you and so, 
um, uh, to shave the face, to pull the tooth. It does see it does it does uh, acknowledge yeah. it. They didn't people change don't understand the lyrics. That. They just didn't do Require the Require the grace. And not of the brood. For if you slip, you nick the skin. You cliver the chin. You whip the lick. You rip. You ripple the lip. And a bit beyond the repair. Goddamn. Th- that whole time he's like k- trying to sharpen his blade and cutting poor Tobias yeah. Rag's knuckles. Yeah, you can tell he's been doing it for multiple times because his hands are already fully wrapped. So. Uh, when Sweeney Todd challenges uh, Pirelli to this competition, he has Beetle Bamford be the judge. Um, and so, of course, through this thing, uh, Sweeney Todd ends up winning, thus ruining Pirelli's business uh, for five pounds. And turns out Pirelli was... Uh, and you find out later because Pirelli goes to his shop and you find out that he was putting on a show and he's actually a local who used to work as Barber's Apprentice. Um, and he decides that he's going to try and blackmail Sweeney Todd and run down to grab Beetle Bamford because uh, he wanted his five pound back and he would rival his or he reveal his identity so he could send him back and away from London uh, thus Sweeney Todd kills him with a teapot or yeah it is a teapot a tea kettle I guess um, yeah, which makes him the first official victim of Sweeney Todd. Um, I mean, it's a smart first victim because, granted, yes, he did it without any planning, and it was like an emotional murder, but um, and it made a big old miss. But no one would miss Pirelli because they would have just assumed he left after being embarrassed by Todd, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, exactly. So, in the original. He is an Irishman. Pirelli is an Irishman named Daniel O'Hiffens. So they changed that for this movie. Mm. And Sweeney Todd ends up strangling him, which is much less violent. Not a better way and to cleaner. die by any means. Yeah. And a lot easier to pull <laughs> off on stage because it's cleaner. Um, apparently, there's also a song that he sings during this... Uh, Pirelli sings during this death scene that he has. Mm. But from what I could tell, it was mostly just a note that he like starts to sing and like he's about to start a song, but it gets interrupted. So. Yeah. Um, and of course, no one, as we said, no one's going to miss him except for Tobias Rags or Toby, as he's called, uh, which is his apprentice that you hear singing earlier. And he is waiting for Pirelli in the pie shop underneath the barber with Miss or the barber shop with Mrs. Lovett. Uh, who's offering him pies, and um, <laughs> you find out that uh, his hair is fake, and he takes off a wig, <laughs> trying to sell that elixir. It's not real. Um, so, while all the murder's happening, Mrs. Lovett decides to go surprise, or goes to check on Sweetie Todd, surprised by uh, the murder that he reveals to her. But at the same time, she's super fucking cool about it she's like what are we gonna do about it like what the fuck she just walks in she's like well who's gonna clean up this mess (laughs) yeah uh she ends up stealing his coin purse pirelli's coin purse and uh she basically starts taking custody of toby despite todd's reservations about it because todd wanted to kill him too she said let me have him and now she has a son of some sort (laughs) 
Yeah, like she's she's a woman trying to survive, um, but she and obviously she's not a perfect woman because she condones murder in her business and feeds cannibalism and does cannibalism. But she like has these moments where she you know she doesn't want to hurt the young boy and, or even kick him out or anything. She's like, no, he's clearly hurt and abused. So yeah, I'm wondering if um, this is. They don't give this much information, and this is just me. Um, I'm wondering if her husband abused her, and so she murdered him. And that's part of why she feels so much for Tobias, because she knows, for Toby, because she knows what abuse. Probably. I, so. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the story. Like, it would kind of make sense. Um, but yeah, you can't have an intense moment without a song, because it's Sweeney Todd the musical. So right, no, of course. Todd grows impatient, waiting for Judge Turpin so that he can murder him. And Mrs. Lovett sues him with a song called Wait, during which she starts to show that she clearly has hopes of making a home with Sweeney Todd and is talking about adding flowers to the room and saying he should probably just get over it because it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And to Miss Lovett, well, this is... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the... Um... Part of the lyrics is slow love slow time so fast now goes quickly see now it's past she's basically tell him to she's telling him to like calm himself think about his plans plan it out properly and then it'll happen <laughs> she could give two fucks if it happens um because to mrs lovett this is an opportunity to start a family with the man that she's fantasized about um she wants to have her business grow they could be you know, running this business together. So happy. Um, and Todd thinks of literally nothing else but his revenge. And he has no thoughts about what he's going to do after that. Because I'm assuming he just doesn't think he's going to survive after that anyways. And then Toby, side note, is played by Ed Sanders, who now works and owns a musical production studio. That's super cool. I didn't I didn't know that at all. I'm sorry that segue was very <laughs> abrupt. I didn't realize that's where that sentence was going when I started it. <laughs> so, that's that's okay. Now that Todd's shop is up and running, uh the Beatle and recommending Todd uh Todd's shaving services to Judge Sherpin, uh <laughs> while uh he sees him up they're they're walking home. And the judge agrees because he thinks a clean shave will help take a will help joanna fall in love with him and 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 swoon well yeah because um, he just can't understand why she hasn't he just doesn't like yeah exactly he's like obviously uh, it's and of just course, looking a little rough so oh, that must be yeah. it and of course there's a tiny little song here talking about how he needs to spruce himself the fuck up so he goes over to uh to sweeney todd's todd's all excited and anxious and he takes a very long time and tries to just, like, hold out this... Because you can see he's, like, ready to murder uh, murder the judge. Um, but he takes too long. They're singing this wonderful, wonderful song. <laughs> it's called Pretty Women, I believe. I think that's what it's called, right? We'll talk about it next. Uh, Keep going. Okay. So, uh, he takes too long to actually, like, try and commit this murder. And Antony ends up running upstairs... Um, and he says he's seen he see Joanna and she's agreed to leave with him tonight, which causes uh, Judge Turpin to storm out, say that he's never going to return to Sweet Todd and hold their customs because they'll have none of the judges. 
again, I know this movie word by word, and I'm trying to, like, slide them in slightly. (laughs) I always found it weird that Sweeney Todd didn't murder Antony right then and there. (laughs) I think, well, if he had, he wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have gotten Joanna back, so maybe he thought about that first. Or, I mean, he did just yell for them to get out. Maybe he was plotting. It was a plan all along. His character is very weird because he is, one second, he's doing, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Um, Where you act without thinking. Um, I think it starts with an I. Reaction? No. Impulsive. There we go. He's super impulsive. Oh, yeah. Um, And he just like, murder, murder, murder without thinking it through but then other moments when i think he's going to be impulsive he's very controlled so it's it's odd he's not a criminal minds character you can't predict what he's going to do <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say but yeah um yeah anyways i mean it's a good thing he didn't kill him but i'm surprised he didn't just out of pure anger uh so of course as katie said there's songs through all of this and the first is sung by alan rickman and the beetle called ladies and their sensitivities which sounds like a jane austen novel um, it starts with judge turpin describing that he's gonna marry joanna the following week and it's so odd that she didn't just jump at glee jump with glee at the thought of them getting married and as katie he says said, strange when yeah. i offer myself to her she showed a certain reluctance yeah. and he's so confused about it like what the fuck he, he like genuinely just doesn't get it um yeah and of course as katie said the the beetle is just like well you know how women are he, he bursts just... he bursts out in song and he he's legit like um you're looking less than your best my lord there's powder upon your chest my lord and stubble upon your cheek and ladies my lord are weak yeah he's like uh, you just need to <laughs> just shave and then she'll come around it's Ladies in their sensitivities, odd. Lord, have a fragile sensibility. When a girl's emergent, probably it's urgent. You defer to her gent, uh, her to her gently, my lord. Ah, again, yeah. not great for feminism. The villains, those villains, you know. Um, but for the time that this is supposed to be, that's absolutely how they thought about women. So, there's that. Um, and then the next song, as Katie said, is Alan Rickman and Sweeney Todd called Pretty Women. Um, and I think Sweeney Todd is singing to his straight razor again <laughs> during this little duet. Yeah. Um, and he's because he's referring to his friend. Um, he says something like, now then, my friend, now to your purpose, patience, enjoy it. Revenge can't be yeah, taken so in haste. So. He starts singing um to judge i mean like to with judge turpin at first um well i guess judge turpin technically starts it because he sees you see sir a man infatuated with love your uh ardent and eager slave so fetch the palm maiden and pumice stone and lend me your most seductive tone so judge turpin starts singing it todd then uh starts singing back to him and then, and then it goes to when Todd pulls out his razor. That's when he starts singing to the razor. That's um, great. And Don't you want to sing your razor? <laughs> I do. I sing. Ow, be sharper. Because <laughs> I need to get a new razor. <laughs> um, 
No, my go-to shower so, songs are I Can Be Your Hero, Lips of an Angel, and I think Adele ballads. You know, ones you gotta like really lung. Those are the ones I like. It's really good to hear your voice saying my name. It sounds so sweet. Coming from the lips of an angel. <laughs> Oh, I hope you enjoyed that. If we get 500 subscribers, we will sing. (laughs) We won't sing. If we get 500 Patreon subscribers, we will stop singing in episodes. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I like that. That's our Um, promise. (laughs) So, uh, apparently Joanna being pretty just wasn't enough because the judge ends up throwing her into an asylum uh, as punishment for catching the eye of Anthony and agreeing to run away with him. Uh, So... He thinks that after spending a little time in there, she'll come around and run in- and run to his arms, and he'll be the knight in shining armor he thinks he is, but is not. Um, so Todd, uh, as the knight and things go on, he's super frustrated, and he keeps he keeps thinking about the loss of his daughter, and he thinks it's for good. So he's ready to just go on a murderous spree, like a murderous rampage. Um, with, of course, the assistant, Mrs. Lovett, who is helping cover uh, cover up all these uh, missing bodies and cooking them up, putting them in her meat pies, turning everybody into a cannibal. Um, but the her shop becomes the talk of the town. Her pies are the best thing ever after that point. So Probably because it's actual meat instead of just, like, crow and cat. <clears throat> yeah. But, of course, there's songs. Uh, so, first is Epiphany by Sweeney Todd, who sings about what a great I, idea it is just to murder people for no reason other than the fact that they live in a city that he associates with misery. Um, that is probably uh, my favorite um, song of this movie, I think. I'm, I think, well, no. Worst Pies in London is my favorite song. This one's definitely my my second favorite um, he's very angry when he sings this song, and <laughs> I think that's what I like. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> so one thing I like about Sweeney Todd in this movie is that he doesn't have a beautiful voice, right? Like, very gritty. Yeah, and I think that really bothers some people who watch this movie who don't care to appreciate that that's his character, right? Well, they also didn't know Johnny Dead could sing until this. <laughs> I mean, he, this isn't, he's not a good singer in this. Like, he's good, like, he does the I, notes and everything. I mean, like, I he's great, but, but yes. But it's, it's vocally not incredibly appealing to the ear, right? Like, his voice is, it's not pretty. It's not a pretty voice, and that bothers people, some people who don't Rough. like this movie. Yeah. But it's yeah. perfect for Sweeney Todd. It's great. It's not supposed to be you know, whatever you associate with being a good singer. But, yeah. And he is a good singer in real life. Like, he's a great singer. I'm not saying he's not. He's very musical. But his voice isn't beautiful in this. In this. Anyways, so, moving on. Um, yeah, so he sings Epiphany. Uh, Miss Lovett then sings a song called A Little Priest, which is her coming up with the idea to bake the bodies into pies instead of wasting the meat. Have a little priest. 
is it really good? So it's too good, at least. Uh, that's actually another one that I would sing getting into my characters at the haunted house. And, uh, um, all right. Well, that's another top favorite of mine in this movie. I, I love all the songs. It's great. So in a lot of places, it says, depending on like which version of Sweeney Todd you're looking at, the play, the musical, the story, whatever, um, it says that Sweeney Todd seduced Mrs. Lovett into doing it, making her another like helpless woman um, mm. or helpless, malleable woman reliant upon a man, right? But in the film version, which is what we are talking about, She's the one who comes up with the idea uh, because she's yeah. intelligent and obviously she's still evil because she's cooking and killing people, but she's an intelligent business. They're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with the bodies. And yeah. he's just like, we'll take it out somewhere dark at night he, and bury it. And she's like, yeah, of course. Okay. About yeah. Getting caught. He has no plans for the future beyond Turpin. And she is like, I'm trying to make a fucking life for us guy. Um, I love the way that she like first describes like in the song of like it's just a shame that we're wasting this meat and then they like such a nice different types of meat it's great Um, and then there's a song accompanying a montage of throats being slit and bodies being dumped so Mm -hmm. which is just Sweeney again like Sweeney Todd he's either super controlled or he's just like murdering just a murder, or he's just killing because someone angered him. Like he is all over the map. <laughs> yeah, and during during that murder spree that you see, um, it's it's a song called Joanna, and it's just him singing about his daughter and how he may not meet her again and what she'll look like and if she'll have yellow hair. <laughs> yeah, that's like his sunshine song, the one sunshine song he gets, <laughs> and he's doing murdering people. Makes a really cool chair. Makes his chair that goes into the basement, dumps all the bodies. Beautiful. Wonderful. Great time. Uh, so obviously now the business is good. Mrs. Lovett is having a grand time. She starts to fantasize about their future together, which includes the three being a happy family um, and getting to go to a place by the sea as she sings the song uh, By the Sea, this which is, is a very cute song. My I favorite enjoy. song. Because... Is it? Yes. So... My favorite song to like sing along with is Joanna just because it's very lyrically like pretty. Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite song in the movie. I love watching her be like, this is our beautiful life and we're so happy. And Sweeney Todd is just like. It definitely has inside. one of my favorite. Yeah, it has one of my absolute favorite costumes. Um, uh, her red striped dress uh, that she has when she's walking over the bridge during that like fantasy moment love it the it's yeah i just i love this whole thing and then it's another one where they're like kind of singing two different things and she's like we're gonna have to be so happy and we're gonna live together and oh we're gonna be this beautiful family and he's just like sure whatever like, okay where's turpin when is this gonna end so i'd see mr todd it's a life i could so, yeah, I, see I love watching oh, that we could be alone. But yeah. sorry. So meanwhile, Anthony has found Joanna in the asylum and hatches a plan to get her out with Mr. Todd. And the plan is to just ha- pretty genius. It is a really good plan. So the plan is to have Anthony disguise himself as a barber's apprentice and pay for blonde hair of an inmate to make a wig. Which, as we yeah, know, wig from one of our asylum episodes, they did fucked up stuff to people. So not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so. He 
ends up supposing, or he's gonna, sorry, he's uh, he's supposed to go find a room for Joanna that Joanna is in and break her out, disguise her as um, as a boy, and then hide her in the shop until he can escape together. Because Sweeney Todd says, yeah, you can bring her here. I have a question. <laughs> Do you think yes. Sweeney Todd's plan was to have Joanna show up and then be like, hey, I'm your dad, and then kill What's his face so that they could be together, or so that he could like have his. I thing? think he was. Or do you I think, think he was going to try and kill the judge first before Joanna got there, uh, and then. Or do you think try... he was like genuinely okay with Joanna being with Antony because Antony's the one person in the story that he actually tolerates. <laughs> I think he'd probably try and just keep them together after killing the judge, and just like keep and maybe like all of them go away or something but i think he would try and at least at least stay with joanna um if if he were to like actually complete this what he, his plan in in action basically i think i think that's what would have happened um so meanwhile why while Anthony's getting ready, Anthony's getting ready to go be the wig maker's apprentice. Uh, Todd sends a letter over to Judge Turpin about the whole thing in order to lure him to the shop. He basically sends Toby um, to go drop off this letter straight to Judge Turpin. It says that it, it convinces the judge to come back to because he's going to save Joanna. Uh and at that point, this is when Toby starts suspecting weird things uh, of Todd and that he's abusive and he thinks he's a murderer. And he just thinks that Mrs. Levitt is a kind woman who took him in, acts kind of like his son, or uh, act, he kind of acts like her son. Um, and he sings this really cute, beautiful song uh, to Mrs. Levitt called "While I'm um, called uh, Not While I'm Around. Uh, it, like, it's which so I, sad. <laughs> It's, it really is like it's a beautiful song it has the sweetest lyrics um starts off with nothing's gonna harm you not while i'm around i'm just like and as like a parent you're like oh it's not your job to protect me and it, it, your heart just hurts for toby <laughs> yeah um which obviously uh, also doesn't exactly work uh, like he had hoped because now mrs lovett knows that he knows and has become a liability for their ideal life with Mr. Todd. Um, and so now she knows that she has to do something about it. Yeah, and this so, is where you get more ugly. Love it. Because she's like, meh, all right, I'll push you aside. Anything to keep Barker <laughs> or Todd. Yeah, basically, Toby, she she tells Toby to go get some, some treats for them. Uh, ends up... Toby ends up seeing Pirelli's uh, pot, uh, coin purse, and c that confirms his suspicions about the awful things that Todd has been doing, uh, and he says he's got to go get the beetle, the lawyer. So Mrs. Lovett is like, you want to learn more stuff about what I do in the basement and the cookroom? Here, come with me instead. <laughs> and uh, takes him to the basement sewer area where all the bodies are, and, sh and the... the the oven her her giant ass bakery oven um and she locks him down in the basement uh she tells mr todd uh 
who decides that the kid needs to die. But when they go find him, he's disappeared somewhere into the sewers. Um, because, smart. well, while he's eating a meat pie down in the basement, supposedly trying to work and grind up the meat, he gets a toe in his meat pie, full toe, pulls it out of his mouth, which I would freak the fuck out about. Um, then sees the bodies that are in the meat grinder <laughs> and freaks the fuck out. Kid's a survivor uh, for sure, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he hides and does well. Um, so while they're going after Toby, uh, An- Antony hides Joanna in the shop. They, he successfully gets her out, hides Joanna in the shop, and the judge so- shows up. And uh, along with the, the crazy beggar later, lady who sings alms earlier on and then tries to intrude on uh, a meat pie song that happens that I really enjoy. Uh, and um, she tell- she basically sings about how she's been um, talking about the smell and people are, they shouldn't eat there and, and there's something wrong and that um, Mrs. Lovett is the devil. She calls her the devil. <laughs> Yeah, because she knows. Uh, she knows. <clears throat> on fire. It turns out that the beggar lady that has been popping up randomly is Lucy, Todd's wife, mm-hmm. or Barker's wife. Um, yeah. Mrs. Lovett lied about her death because she loved Miss Sweeney Todd and wanted him all mm-hmm. to herself. Um, not that Lucy was, like, in a great place. She was diseased and She was mentally basically um but todd would have welcomed her with open arms um but todd doesn't know any of this at this time and thinking she's a nuisance and under stress from everything just shit hitting the fan he decides to kill her super quick (laughs) yeah so he follows uh the she watched the beetle go up to sweeney todd's uh barber shop so she walks in there singing acting super crazy and spinning in his fucking shop and he yeah he kills her really fast and she happens to be standing on the trap door perfectly so he could just drop her ass he's just like why these people are coming out of the woodworks (laughs) like another one i don't have time for this (laughs) Uh, so joanna Um, is hiding in a trunk in his office at this time or his office his shop at this time and sees the same trunk in your pirelli in yeah i'm sure it, it smells awful um, but she sees the whole thing. So Judge Turpin then enters the room. Todd says, surprise, I'm Benjamin Barker, and kills him. She, he did not take his time that time. Uh, well, And he made it him. fucking bloody. He, yeah, it he was, was a slow drag. Um, then he finds the disguised Joanna in the box, but doesn't mm-hmm. remember their whole plan, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> And um, uh, he's really, she's just, uh, she looks like a really good boy, apparently. She's he's dressed just up perfectly. So focused and so stressed at this yeah. moment. And so he's about to kill her, thinking she's just some random poor boy who's witnessed everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, so during that point, uh, Mrs. Lovett is down in the basement still. Um, and she sees Lucy's body that has been dropped down in the sewer. So she just tri- she tries to dispose of it before t- uh, Sweeney Todd t- can actually like get a good look at her and see that it was her. Uh, but 
Judge Turpin, who was not dead from the fall or the stabbings, um, ends up grabbing her leg, which causes her to scream, which then brings Mr. Todd downstairs, uh, bearing Joanna's life. He looks at her and he's like, forget my face, and then walks away. <laughs> um, so this is when... so. This is when uh, Sweeney Todd realizes that he just killed Lucy, his wife, the beggar, um, and that Mrs. Lovett was lying to him. And, of course, a little song happens. They're dancing. And as they're dancing, uh, he throws Mrs. Lovett into the oven. Um, For, like, a split second, Mrs. Lovett lives her dream life. For that tiny little waltz they're doing around the room. She's like, he loves me. he gives her five seconds of just don't worry i forgive you for a minute and 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 we can still be in love we can still be married yes if she and then tosses her ass if she had been angelus from buffy she would have gotten her soul Mm. back in that moment because it was just pure bliss yes (laughs) yeah yeah 100 um but then he tosses her in the oven hansel and gretel style rough yeah just straight up and she she he closes the door on her and she burns alive screaming uh and so after that he goes over to mourn uh over his wife for the fact that he just killed his wife that he's been trying to come back to and toby being the su- survivalist like we were saying crawls out of the fucking gutter <laughs> where and uh he picks up the um straight razor that sweetie todd dropped and slices his throat uh thinking that well knowing that he uh that Sweeney Todd had just killed Toby's favorite person (laughs) so I feel like I got the the feeling that Sweeney Todd knew he was walking up behind him and just was like I have nothing to live for I know he lifts his head he lifts his head and just sits there yeah after hearing pick up the night or the the straight razor and so yeah 100% he knew it was coming because he just killed his wife who he's trying to get back to and he doesn't know if he he doesn't know for sure the fact that um Antony actually got Joanna well and even if he did know right in his mind Joanna is going to be cared for by his friend Antony mm-hmm. so um he got his revenge but he killed his wife and he had no plan for afterwards he didn't care what happened after yeah. that so uh, so supposedly Joanna runs off and hopefully finds a happy ending with Antony and lives happily ever after in the country somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, that's Sweeney Todd. I hope it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the movie Anna Karenina, um, which I, know I haven't seen the, it. So long, which yes, I, know I remember based it. The book, but like it ends with her husband and the kids just like having a picnic in a field. Um, just mm-hmm. so happy. I hope that's what that's how their story goes. That's what I hope. They just have a picnic in a field because they live in a farm and they're happy. Right. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. The beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as the uh, as we like to do, the graveyard. The meat pie, uh, as we say now. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, the meat pies uh, in the way that they were made uh goes first first death was uh 
Adolfi Pirelli, aka Davy Collins. He was bludgeoned by the teapot, and then his throat was slit by Todd and his razor. Side note, and now I want to make a t-shirt that says Worst Pies in London, and it has, like, a pie with a toe sticking out of it. <laughs> or a cockroach coming out of it. I like it. Because that happens when Mr. Todd uh, bites into the first one. Uh... So, uh, the, uh, the next is, uh, an unknown amount of miscellaneous, uh, persons that Todd ends up killing on his spree. Probably about 10 to 12 is, I think, what we see as he goes through them. I see 10 to 12, but who knows how many there are. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because we don't exactly know how much time has passed throughout all of this, and so there's probably a lot of uncounted bodies. I think it's, well, from the time Judge Turpin shows up in his shop less than i'm assuming less than a week because he immediately goes back and throws her in the asylum and she's not there for very long and then anthony gets her out and he was going to marry her the next week so that's my assumption probably not a bad uh, assumption so all those deaths miscellaneous uh lucy is the next death uh her throat is slit real fucking fast and clean judge turpin at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Judge Turpin is stabbed in the neck multiple different times, and then his throat is completely slit. Um, and then dropped from the chair, the chair hatch. Does he uh, remind me? Does he just die naturally, or does like after he grabs Miss Lovett's hand, or does she do something to kill him? Uh. No, he she kicks him off, but he finally that's when he finally like fades okay. and like go let's go and dies. Okay. Um Then it's Mrs. Lovett who is to- tossed into the oven, Hansel and Gretel witch style, and and burned alive. And then of course Toby kills Sweeney Todd by slitting his throat. That is your graveyard. Your meat pie. Your meat pie, yeah, that's your meat pie. Yeah. So you have a fake Italian flavor, um, a little Italian seasoning, if you will. Um, so you got so you mystery got the meat pie. You got, uh, definitely don't want to touch the Lucy meat pie. That one's probably diseased. Yeah, that one didn't go through inspection properly. Um, you have a judge. A little fatty, probably, from sitting on the laurels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She probably tastes great. Mrs. Lovett's and then a barber caked to the bottom of the oven, so you're not getting that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then some healthy barber. And then a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um just to talk about some of the differences between earlier versions of this story and then this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm gonna wrap it up and we'll be out. Okay. So Mrs. Lovett. In earlier versions, Mrs. Lovett was just the salesperson of the pies. Like I said, I think this film might be one of the first times when she's kind of given autonomy and made a really like contributing character to the story and not just being something used by the men in the story like the other women so yeah um but in other versions she was just like the salesperson who sells the pies she didn't do anything other than look pretty and sell pies and be seduced by Sweeney Todd. She would often get killed by Todd in various ways for different reasons, uh, like being poisoned right as the crowd learns they are eating people, being stabbed and cooked like the Hansel and Gretel witch for asking her to take for asking for some of the profits 
for doing some of the work because heaven forbid um so she was yeah she rarely ever made it that far into a film or a story right right um the christopher bond play he wrote the play version of it remember was the first one where she was shown to be intelligent and manipulative with the pies being her idea so I, mm-hmm. I misspoke earlier I said this film is but the play version is where she like gets to be her own character um, unfortunately he made her have a love interest in Todd as if that was the only reason a woman would do anything for a man um, mm-hmm. which they carried on into this of course uh, in some versions Sweeney Todd lets the f- the uh, fall from the chair do the killing so instead of like slitting their throats and then dropping them into their cellar of bodies um he just tips them backwards and they land on their heads and that the fall is what kills them then he would go into the basement and slit their throat afterwards but this obviously doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the movie because it's more fun to see them slit their throat first and then drop instead of dropping and then having to pause watch him run down the stairs and then slit their throats um, but that makes more sense when you're on a stage because it's cleaner to do. Also, it makes more sense logistically because every time he slit somebody's throat in that room, he had to scrub it clean instead of yeah. like dumping them to a basement that they didn't have to clean at all. Um, but yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah. Those were the big things. <laughs> That's what I found. Um, I think... Um, sorry Um, so Sondheim who created the music for this uh, musical described this movie best when he said quote my reaction to the film is that unlike all musical movies in fact I'd say all the movies made from stage musicals that I've seen this is really a movie based on a musical this is not simply as all the others are a film of the stage musical and so that got me thinking about all the musicals I've seen that are based on stage musicals. And I think he might be right. (laughs) So um, one of the things that I learned about this film is they actually changed the music and cut things to make it fit the movie um, instead of just verbatim doing the songs. Like in Chicago, right? They don't really alter anything. You're still getting the same songs that are in the musical play version um and then when they film it in chicago you still feel like you're watching a stage right they don't adjust it to be movie version but in sweeney todd they make all those adjustments like you feel like you're just watching a movie that happens to be a musical like a disney movie Mm -hmm. you know um they cut out songs that were useless like the very beginning of the musical on stage there's a whole sub chorus that sings to mm. like set the scene they cut that a huge ensemble yeah. yeah you don't need it you can show it in the movie that's the point exactly. so that's the point he's making is that they made alterations specifically to make it a movie so that you can you're shown what's happening instead of being told what's happening like in a musical and then right. musicals like like Chicago, um, you you still look like you're watching a play, right? Other movies that I 
that are based on musicals that I actually really liked. Um, Phantom of the Opera. I didn't feel like I was watching a stage play. And I can't. Oh, yeah. That was, it was beautiful. I can't particularly think of a song that I think should have been cut. Um, uh, Les Miserables. They did a fantastic job with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Hairspray. Love that I movie. love that fucking movie so much. <laughs> Hairspray is amazing. I think they did fantastic with that one. I've never seen I, the actual musical. I did get to see the actual musical this year. This Well, last year. I actually got to see it with my mom and my aunt. It was amazing, dude. Yeah, so it I've was never, so great. I've never seen the musical, so I can't say that there's any differences, but I loved it. it it's actually pretty fucking spot on. It's they're they're pretty much the exact same thing. Um even to the point where they had a um he's he's a beautiful drag queen. He does play a drag queen, but he was playing the mom perfectly. I um, it's I love that movie. I tried to find it. It's not streaming here anywhere, but oh, I love that movie. I, I own it. Sorry. I, my mom has my copy. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, so those ones I think are pretty on par with being yeah. like really good. But I get what he's trying to say. Um, I can't think of. I could not think of any like other dark musicals specifically. But I know okay. there's. I know there's. I'm sure there's many out there. Um, but yeah, he pretty much just is saying that specifically with Sweeney Todd, there was a noticeable adaptation for screen as opposed to just taking it and moving it to screen. Um, yeah. Maybe the Beetlejuice play, the new Beetlejuice play. They're saying the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't believe the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a fucking dark musical. Well, it kind of is, but... So, but those aren't based off stage musicals right that's true right Hmm, Um, interesting but yeah and of course this is a good one to do it with because you can actually do the blood and be messy and it's not a problem but like on stage they have to use like the fabric and stuff like that to show the blood my, my favorite thing about this movie is how fake the blood looks it's it's like a, it's like a salmony red. <laughs> well, and then they try to do the Tim Burton thing where everything, all the colors are subdued except for the blood and yeah. Mrs. Lovett's fantasies. So yeah, it's good. It's but, so good. Yeah. Also, the West Side Story was made into a movie recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good too. I really like the guy who's in it. It's the baby, it. baby driver kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in it. Yeah. I have, I just haven't seen that one, but yeah. So that's it. That's so that is finally, finally finished. Sweeney Todd. Um, our next... Whereas it's just put it on our notes. Sweeney motherfucking Todd. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was different. Something, something new. Um, our next. No, I, like it. I like it film is going to be uh, Skinwalkers, if I can find it somewhere. <laughs> um, it's a movie recommendation that was sent to us. So we're going to do that one. Yes. Okay. Um, in the meantime, uh, we are still adding stuff to our Patreon. So we've got, we're still working on the concessions part of it. <laughs> um, I 
fell behind on that part. But we've got horror short reactions, all the episodes uncut with video starting with Hocus Pocus. Um, We've got the American Horror Mm -hmm. Story series that we're working on. And that is patreon.com slash, I don't know if it's forward or backslash, couldn't tell you. Um, Horror Cats Witch Hats 13. You can find us on Patreon. We also have uh, our merchandise is on an Etsy store that we created called Open Past Midnight. You can find all sorts of stuff there. Quotes, ideas, whatever. Um, and you can always send us your recommendations, cat pictures, um, ideas, reviews. Requests already? Requests? Yeah. All that kind of jazz to our, um, our Gmail, which is horrorcatswitchhats at gmail.com you can also dm or comment on our instagram and facebook which you can find at underscore cats underscore witch hats katie might have cut out because she's having some issues i didn't hear the first word but it's horror underscore cats underscore witch hats yeah horror like h-o-r-r-o-r underscore cats underscore witch hats um Sometimes I feel like I say horror, not horror. And I'm like, I say don't it, look for that. I say it fast sometimes too. So yeah. yeah. Um, don't forget to like us, subscribe, leave comments. Follow. Yeah. Um, rate us if you do iTunes and stuff like that. But most importantly, share us with your friends. That's kind mm-hmm. of been our biggest um, growth so far is just people hearing our ads on other other podcasts um shout out to uh pacific oh gosh now i can't remember it's i think it's like pacific northwest haunts and homicides um we just shared with them and those women seem fantastic and i am going to bribe them to be on our show so i I, okay i'll help you let's bribe okay schmooge Yep, I'm going to do it. They do tarot readings in theirs. Um, You should follow their Instagram. They do videos and tarot readings and stuff. They are who we um, desire to drive to be. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. So, yeah. And on that note. Meow. 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 Many meows, kittens.